What if I told you that you were about to listen to another wrestling podcast? Are you ready? This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Join us as we take you through the ins and outs and everything you need to know in the world of professional wrestling. From NXT to Ring of Honor, New Japan Pro Wrestling, All Elite Wrestling, all the way to the main events of the WWE. Our thoughts, our perspective, and our predictions on the biggest topics and breaking news in the world of wrestling. If it's happening, we're talking about it. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Here are your hosts, Sean McChesney and CJ Palmasano. All right, let's get to it. CJ, I don't know what episode we're on, so we're just going to skip that. This is the Not Another Wrestling Podcast. Guys, I'm back. Sean's back! It took an outbreak for me and CJ to have a similar schedule and actually be able to do this once again before we die. Oh, uh, let's plan. let's hope we don't die. Let's hope not. Sean McChesney. Uh, CJ Palmasano. Uh, Your host. Yeah, I was going to say, you got the feels, corona over there, CJ. No, I'm good. I was just drinking some water. That just feels good to have that. How, how are you feeling, my um, well, I'm feeling fine. Nothing to worry about on my end. I hope you're doing okay. Um, yep, so far. We both work in the city, so it's very, um, quite dangerous, but... And as you can see, we're out of work. We're, doing, we're recording this at 1.30 in the afternoon. I don't think we've done that in two years, CJ. Oh, Jesus Christ, you're right. It's been a long time since we've been in the afternoon doing podcasts. Exactly, right. And we're, we're doing it remote, obviously, because we're, we're, we're isolated, so... Okay. All right. Well, the roles have kind of been reversed at this point. It's been a long time since Sean and I have done this, and uh, but I wanted Sean to do the intro because I just miss him, and I missed him doing that intro. Miss your face. <laughs> I miss your face too. But hopefully, all this dies down. All the, all of us and the boys can get together, and we can just just have fun for once. Or rather than later, I hope. I hope sooner rather than later too. Anyway, so a lot has been going on. Obviously, uh, I covered last week on how. This virus has really expected everything, and uh, at the time of recording, uh, when I did the episode last week, um, it was up in the air of whether or not Mania would be canceled, if Mania would be postponed. Uh, there were rumors and rumblings that maybe that this is all just a ruse that WrestleMania would be now in the PC, and it would be postponed to June 7th at Madison Square Garden. Now, Sean and I you were, ta- were talking about this the other day, being like, that would be awesome. I hope that happens. Because we'd be going. <laughs> yes, we would. Unfortunately, that is not the case. Uh, apparently, now the breaking news is that Mania is now two days on April 4th and April 5th, Saturday and Sunday, with host Rob Gronkowski. Um, okay. <laughs> I mean, Mo- Mojo Raleigh said to Triple H, well, to Tom Phillips, Get hype, Tom! My boy, Rob Gronkowski's coming! Or whatever the hell he said. It was Michael Cole. He did smack Oh, it was Michael Cole. That's right. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm thinking Tom Phil- Tom Phillips was on NXT last night. Anyway, so, yeah, Rob Gronkowski is going to be the host of WrestleMania. 
Uh, and Mania has been broken up for the first time ever in two days. Uh, Sean, what's your what do you think about this? Before we get to that, CJ, I just want to personally say something because I haven't been on this in a long time. I want to say that I have been keeping up with the podcast. You've done an outstanding job with some of the, the personalities you've brought on, even though the solo shows that you've done. Uh, just And obviously, you know, I know ever since I moved down the shore and my schedule at work has just gone absolutely insane the last four months. So I haven't been able to do this. And again, it took a virus outbreak for me to be off work and actually be able to do this with you. Uh, <laughs> but you have done a great job um, keeping this thing alive. And hopefully, maybe, you know, in the future, whether work gets a little bit easier, we'll be able to do this more regularly uh, down the line. But this is the normal for now. Um, I did want to touch on that for a second. Um, Thank you, but I really appreciate that. Thank you. Absolutely. But what a difference a couple weeks made with this whole thing, right? And, you know, I, I first want to give props to, before we even get into Mania, the last sport standing is professional wrestling. Who would have thought that? Well, actually, I'm not entirely surprised about that because Vince's ego. Vince Vince wanted WrestleMania and Raymond James, whether anybody liked it or not. I'm not going to so, let the sneezing win, damn it! <laughs> but, you know, the, the, obviously, you know, and you kind of you kind of play devil's advocate a little bit because, you know, even when this thing first started, we've made our jokes. We're like, it's not a huge deal. You know, yeah. we'll be fine, whatever. couple weeks later, and it's like, excuse my language, but holy shit, is this this is the craziest thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. Um, so to everybody out there, I hope everybody's safe. Hope everybody's healthy. Um, stay indoors for the time being. If you live in the Northeast, take advantage of the warm weather tomorrow because supposedly this this virus does not play well in warm temperatures. So hopefully that's the case. That's what we're hoping um, for. That's what we're hoping for. So, you know, be healthy, be safe, stay indoors. I know it sucks. CJ, I've been bored out of my mind for the last week. I play, I'm play. i starting to play video games again, CJ. <laughs> Dude, I haven't that, done that in a long time. I've <laughs> always been playing video games, but it's a matter of me. I have to start rotating what video games to play. I've been playing too much Actually. Fortnite, and I need to rotate maybe to Red Dead or Lego Star Wars. I don't know. I uh it's it's been nuts and ashley uh has been getting cabin fever and this is not the type of environment she likes to be in she she her and i love to go out places well well, she loves to go out places i'm very much like love to be inside but i do like to go out places with her like the mall and movie theaters and all those places are closed and you know restaurants are open until until only about eight eight o'clock at night considering the new curfew that's been enforced in new jersey um and you know if you are Unless you were, unless you you were uh, working, getting out of a shift, uh, and if you're doing anything else, cops are gonna hammer down, and you can get arrested. So, I thought all- that the curfew wasn't enforced. I mean, it's going to be enforced, but I think right now it's just That's highly encouraged. That's what I thought. I, th- be- I thought it was enforced. I could be wrong. No, I don't think so. I think it's just a highly encouraged being indoors after eight. Now, I will say, I don't know if you saw that video going viral of those spring breakers in Miami basically saying "f oh, this, yeah. f that." Yeah, they're going to be the reason that this stuff gets. Yeah, enforced. that is the big reason. And I, I didn't see the video, but I saw someone retweeted Chris D'Elia on Twitter of the screenshot of the video, and he just says, "F you, f you, f you." And now I don't say the word three times because I don't know if you knew this. I made a one f bomb per episode rule, <laughs> so I'm not gonna say it but for for you being here i'm not i'm gonna hold my tongue but you gotta use it uh you, you, i don't even know if you you'll find a way to use it later it's fine I, but I, anyway i will find a way i will but, find a way i try to make it sound it, bite sound bite those, quality 
Right, but it's those type of people that it's gonna eventually it's gonna force the government's hand. Yeah, we're, exactly. We're not we're not here to talk politics. I just wanted to get a few two cents out of the way, just to say hopefully everybody's okay and and hopefully as a country and hopefully we can unite. We can kick this thing real soon. Memorial Day is only about two months away. I hope, uh, yeah. it's got two months tops, CJ. I hope so too, and I know everybody is concerned, and I I gave my two cents about it, and but even still, how a week ago it was. It just spiked exponentially, which a week ago, not every every state in the U.S. was confirmed uh, had a confirmed case. Now, just about every state has at least one or two confirmed cases of the virus. So, and actually, it was a week ago today. I remember I was I was out on the boardwalk with a bunch of friends because we were all you know not busy or whatever. Even a week ago, when they started shutting down all sports, we're like, well, maybe maybe this thing is a little bit bigger than we thought. And again, literally every single day, CJ, this thing just gets worse and worse. And just with all the information that's coming out and all the experts that have spoken and the idea that this could last all summer, somebody on CNN said 18 months. Um, I think that's a worst case scenario. That scenario, I hope to God. But it, but for this thing to have grown the way that it has and all the stories coming out of Italy and, and for them to say that we're one, two weeks tops from being what Italy is like, they might be right with this whole shutdown scenario that, you know, we could be going through as a country because nobody's listening and it's going to force the government's hand to do something. So hopefully that's not the case. Hopefully everybody's OK. And again, yeah. and the last thing I want to say on this, hopefully we kick this thing real soon because I hope so, too. I got to get out of my house, CJ. I really do. Yeah, me too. I'm limiting my time of leaving my house only if I ever have to. Also, um, last thing I was going to say, just everybody stay inside as much as you can. It's because people have been going outside. This thing has been spreading. Just stay inside as much as you can. Hopefully, this will be a huge, huge help to helping kill this. But anyway, let's get back to what everyone really wants to hear about while you're here in the first place. Sports standing. The last sports standing pro wrestling. Um, so this has been, it's, we've seen how the MLB has been suspended. The NBA has been suspended. The NHL has since been suspended. The XFL has been suspended. Major league soccer has also been suspended. I mean, as of right now, they're doing the thing that WWE has been doing. Well, actually they kind of started it playing to no fans, empty arenas. So, We've seen the past few weeks that SmackDown and Raw have been held from the Performance Center. Um, one thing I think that the empty setting does work well for are these segments. Um, the first one that I got to see was the Bray Wyatt and John Cena in-ring segment. And I felt that really added a lot to the story of Bray Wyatt and John Cena. Because... No crowd interaction there, you know, you can't really, no one's really going to take a big old dump on it, but just everything that Cena was saying, you know, he's saying like that Bray Wyatt, he got a big head, he got lazy, he got complacent. Why are we giving a second, third, fourth, fifth chance on Bray Wyatt when we have names like Drew McIntyre, Johnny Gargano, Velveteen Dream, Rhea Ripley, Tommaso Ciampa. Those are names you should be paying attention. They are the future, not Bray Wyatt. I was like, oh, damn. Cena Cena just kind of... Because this is something that Cena has been dealing with for years. John Cena has been dealing with, you know, people saying, oh, you, you ruined my push, John. You ruined my career, John. That's not always necessarily the case, but there have been a few cases in, in that matter. Bray Wyatt seemingly to be one of them. 
because it was the WrestleMania 30 match that did lead to the downfall of Bray Wyatt's career. Bray becoming the champion three years later, but yes. Mm -hmm. He became champion to set up Orton. Essentially that time, yes. It was a long overdue uh, title win for Bray. But you think about it, Cena was a transitional champion for Bray Wyatt where Bray Wyatt was a transitional champion for Randy Orton, where Randy Orton was a transitional champion for Jinder Mahal. Those are dark, dark times in wrestling. I never want to go back to them. Anyway. That have been the darkest time in SmackDown history. Yeah. Yeah. It was just... It was not good. Anyway. So, with Bray Wyatt coming out, he was saying that... Bray Wyatt, Bray Wyatt said that he was broken, and The Fiend put him back together. And that WrestleMania, The Fiend will eviscerate, destroy. I can't remember the exact terminology Bray Wyatt used. But you could also see that he was, you know, he was laughing maniacally, you know, going crazy. He's like... And I have to say, as far as a story, I have to say I'm I'm more interested, more than any other match for Mania this year, as far as a story and a build, is Bray Wyatt and John Cena. Because I said this with uh, my friend Nate a while ago after the Blood Money pay-per-view where Goldberg won the title. I said that if John Cena beats The Fiend, you've essentially ruined him. You've essentially ruined Bray Wyatt, and there's no coming back from that. The idea that they're able to actually, and I don't mean to cut you off, but the idea that they're able to fix The Fiend after losing to Goldberg... You can't you can't find a way to screw this one up. He has to go over Cena. He has to. He absolutely has to. And you can argue the fact that maybe Bray never should have won the title to begin with. And that's a fair point because the character of the Fiend is a, t- is a character point. that doesn't necessarily need the championship. He's because it's like why would he want the championship? He's a monster. He exactly. He, he had, I mean, I get the the fact of they were thinking, well, he's the hottest thing in the company right now. Let's put the title on him. Okay, that's a fair point. That's what you did back he in the day. As soon as he did, though, that's the thing. Like they could have mm. pushed it. I, I'm, I agree with you. He, he never needed the championship. I thought from the beginning they were gonna give him the championship. I didn't think they were gonna give it to him as soon as they did. No, uh, but apparently the person who was supposed to get that champ well, not get the championship, but face Rollins instead was Drew McIntyre, but Drew was dealing with an injury at the time. And if you think about it, it's kind of a blessing in disguise for Drew, because Drew is now facing Brock Lesnar at WrestleMania for the title. Drew can ar- is arguably one of the hottest, maybe the hottest star in the company. I've been saying for a long, long time, you know how much I love Drew McIntyre and how happy I am that he is getting this this spot it's just it's just a shame that someone like Drew McIntyre and we can throw Bray Wyatt the fiend character in there and Edge that we're not getting this big spectacle of Drew's title win the fiend's entrance at Mania Edge's first match singles match in 9 years so it is a bit of a damper but it's what the situation we're in right now Apparently, Meltzer is reporting that there's that WrestleMania may be held in two different locations this year. Apparently, not just the Performance Center, but also at Titan Towers in Connecticut. Really? Yeah, I read that a little. Is that little, the other location? Apparently, that might be the other location to kind of minimize uh, the amount of people who are there, and that could be another. And apparently, that is another reason why Mania has been bought into two days to minimize the people who are there. Also. Yeah. Um, 
the matches that we see, that's pretty much the matches that we're going to get. And honestly, that's not a bad thing. Cause oh, for the circumstances, you're absolutely right. It's not, and and again, like like you mentioned, with the amount of matches, do I really want to see eight hours of an empty arena? No, no. not not a chance. Because currently, the it, oh, go ahead. I didn't mean to cut you off. I'm just saying, you and I were there at MetLife Stadium last year for WrestleMania. It was hard enough to sit through that, and the environment was incredible. I started getting tired like right like midway through Batista and Triple H, like and the rest of the card. I was just so tired i couldn't like i forget that finn balor won the intercontinental championship from bobby lashley as the demon i believe it, it was w- double main event exactly it, it that was right before the women's match it was the demons i believe his debut at wrestlemania and i didn't care like yeah that's huge to be fair i remember watching the wwe 24 of seth rollins and i believe that um they were supposed to go on before the women, and it was a last-minute change. So, yes. really, the demon was probably mid-card, which it would have been a lot better if that was the case. But probably. But again, yeah. CJ, from from a from a mania that you and I both loved last year overall, that was hard to sit through. So imagine yeah. what an empty arena for eight hours is going to look like. Hell no, this no. is the right move. Because right now there are currently only seven matches on the card, and apparently there aren't going to be any more, and there shouldn't be. We have Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins that was made official on Raw this past Monday, The Undertaker versus AJ Styles. That build has just been weird, but the match should be great. We talked I- about the, the Fiend and John Cena. Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title. Becky Lynch versus Shayna oh. Baszler for the Raw Women's title. Charlotte Flair versus Rhea Ripley for the NXT Women's Championship. And, as we talked about, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship. I think that's only seven matches on the card. That is, a, is an extra long takeover for me. <laughs> there are typically only, like, maybe five, ma- five, maybe six matches on NXT TakeOver card. And this is being broken up into two days. Which makes and me- they also and, no- and normally those matches CJ that are that are guaranteed for Mania the Andre the Giant Battle Royal the Women's Battle Royal those haven't even been announced those aren't happening this year no and it's a, and you might as well not let it happen and I know there's been a lot of interactions between with Sami Zayn as the new Intercontinental Champion Cesaro Shinsuke Nakamura Braun Strowman Drew McIntyre Drew Gulak those guys are all in a great position to have potentially had a ladder match for the IC title but unfortunately. I don't think we're going to get that. It's just not the circumstances. It's just not enough time to build that match. Had this whole virus thing never broke out, we probably would be getting that match. And that would be a lot of fun. You know, we're also probably not going to be getting um, a U.S. championship match, you know, between Andrade, whether it be against Rey Mysterio or Angel Garza or tag titles won't be on the line. Which no, is a no, there, Miz, Morrison. no tag team matches this year at Mania. And that's a damn shame. Um, you know, we're not getting any of that. We're the, apparently uh, Asuka and Kyrie Sane were supposed to be defending the women's tag team titles against Alexa Bliss and Nikki Cross and uh, Beth Phoenix and Natalia in a triple threat match, and we're apparently not getting that either. Um, now, it's possible that a lot of these matches could happen the night after WrestleMania on Raw, or they could happen the, uh, the SmackDown after Mania. That's possible too even a pay-per-view down the line it's that's possible too a pay-per-view down the line uh, again with the with the given state of the virus we don't know how long WWE is going to be doing this for but i think we should talk about the positives that have brought with the empty arena setting we talked about uh john cena and bray wyatt with their with their segment but um 
let's get a little, you know, more humor and bring it to a lighter mood. Steve Austin. He was great. Steve, he was phenomenal. Steve Austin made the best of a bad situation. Just commonly said, he said, put a cooler of about 30 uh, broken Steve Austin skull, whatever the hell you call it. Yeah, which by the way, I had him over the weekend. First sip, eh. Second sip, not terrible. It's an IPA, so not my favorite. Third sip, I could do it. Dude, I loved it. I tried it a few months ago. I loved it the second I tried it. It's It's not bad. I, I would definitely have one or two, like occasionally, but. I'm more of a light beer guy, but that's another story for another day. Anyway, another but yeah, he he said put 30 of those at ringside, and we're just going to have fun. That's that, all. That's good. That's really good. He just comes in the ring. If you want to know what Austin 316 day means, give me a hell yeah. No crowd. I said give me a hell yeah. And then Byron Saxon in his dorky voice. Hell yeah. What? Oh, Christ. I give Byron Saxon an A-plus for his performance on Monday. Oh, uh, really yeah. Do. Poor Byron getting kicked square in the nuts, which Austin <laughs> apologized for the next day on Twitter. But, oh, man, that was so funny. Becky Lynch coming out and doing the same thing, and Street yeah. Profits came out off the air, and they got stunned. Yeah, I saw that on Twitter. That Montez Ford got a stunner from Steve <laughs> Austin. Um Man, that it was it was that was one of the highlights of Raw that, you know, Austin was trying to make the best of a bad situation and it was funny. Um I mentioned to you off mic that the video I'd seen that from, the caption of the person who originally shared it was, I love how WWE has turned into the Eric Andre show with the coronavirus. <laughs> but but you know what? I mean, Vince is one of those guys and as stubborn as he is, you have to look around the landscape of sports right now. Put it this way, CJ. I mentioned to you off mic that it was a week ago today that they shut down everything. NHL, the NBA shut down the night before, Major League Baseball, MLS, XFL, uh, European soccer shut down, all that stuff and more. There's going to be a 30 for 30 in the next year or two about that day. Oh, I'm sure. But what should be in the 30 for 30, and I don't know if it will be, what should be was the last sports standing and the last two companies standing with the WWE and All Elite Wrestling. Pro Wrestling was the last sport standing through all of this. I absolutely and think they should put Pro Wrestling in there. Should, because it's the only thing still going. They should, because I know Pro Wrestling is not necessarily considered an actual sport. But I know, doesn't like SportsCenter Center, ESPN kind of cover them a little bit more now? Cover WrestleMania. They're out there every year for Mania. Okay. I think they should. And co- Jonathan Coachman was the reason for that, by the way, when he was still at ESPN. He got that going. And they, he, and they do that to this day. Does yeah. he not work I there mean, anymore? No, he's with the WWE now. He's no longer with ESPN. Okay. I know he's, he's been back for, for a while now, but I didn't know if he but, but before Mania 34, when he came back, uh, when he came back, obviously, before that, Mania 33 and Mania 32 were covered on ESPN all day long leading up to the event. And I believe Mania 34 and 35 were as well. Obviously, 36 won't because that that's just bad TV for ESPN. And I understand that. Mm-hmm. But he was the architect, no pun intended, of making that partnership happen. So, yeah, if there is going to be a 30 for 30 on this topic, the WWE should be mentioned as the one sport that kept going and why it kept going. WWE and AEW, just pro wrestling, those two companies should be, they should be given credit and they should be, uh, you know, really thanked for doing their best to try and make the best out of a bad situation and to just keep trying, keep people engaged and have fun. Um, you know, we talked about how we're going a little stir crazy with what's going on right now. Um, 
finished. <laughs> I, I know that. I mean, I I literally just started the time that I'm not going to be working. I'm not. I'm going to be out of work for like four weeks. And sure, within the first few weeks, I may figure out some things to do, but I'm still not sure what to do in my time. Uh, four weeks. I'm out at the moment from SiriusXM. I WCBS I have to work from home, mm-hmm. but SiriusXM. I'm out until I believe next Thursday. So about seven more days. I'd be shocked if I go back then. Yeah. With with the way this is going, they are probably they're... days away from doing a shelter in place in New York City, and then I don't know when I'm going back. I don't know. I think that I think like that has to pass the governor before. I know that's what the mayor wants, but anyway, love to go back next week. I just don't think I'm going to. No, I know we all want to go back to work because we're going to stir crazy. But the one <laughs> Who other... knew we'd say that. <laughs> the one other thing that uh, uh, promo segment that worked really well with the no crowd was Edge's promo. Monday Night on Raw. Might have been um, one of his best. I loved this so much. It was just p- straight from the heart, impassionate, and starting off the promo saying that when, when Beth Phoenix went to Raw, she was essentially going to saying that she was going to announce his retirement again. Uh, saying that they've known Randy for 21 years. He knew that me and him and this kid were going to cross paths, stealing the show for the Intercontinental Championship, forming Rated RKO to destroy D-Generation X. But the one difference between you and me, Randy, is that you were handed everything on a silver platter. Mick Foley taught us a lesson a long time ago, and that's grit, and that's something you don't have. Your dad got you in here for free when I had to have a, when I had a single parent, a mother who scratched and clawed and worked everything just so I can scratch and claw and have my dreams come true. And I got chills went down my spine because if you don't know anything about Edge, he loved his mother so much and it's a shame because she passed away I think this past summer. And it was Impassionate. It was amazing, and him challenging Orton to a last man standing match, um, which actually I don't see on the card currently. But we have to imagine that's going to be on the show. We have to imagine. Yeah, just Randy Orton hasn't officially accepted yet, but that's going down. Yeah, I think we have a few more weeks until Mania, so Randy will uh, accept. Uh, I think will accept it, and I'm sure. Um, I think even that probably be okay and you know again there may be a few other matches announced for mania because if they're breaking this up into two days i imagine probably each show might be maybe four hours in a two-day span um i mean new japan did that for uh for wrestle kingdom this past year and um it worked really well i'll be honest i only got to see i only watched the matches i wanted to see because i watched it after it aired, because I wouldn't be able to stay up all night watching that. There's no way. Um, but um, I guess given this current state here, is there anything, Sean, that you... I mean, obviously we like the kind of the, the segments work really well, but is there anything that is a big disadvantage to this that with the no crowd uh, situation? The matches, no doubt. Yeah, that's for sure. So I, I And not that the matches aren't good, but it's like... They really have to try way harder than normal to make the match work because they know no one's there, um, and 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 thankfully they're professionals. So so maybe they don't consider this as big of a disadvantage as us watching do, um, because again they're professionals. This is how they learn. This is how they train. Many of those people came from the performance center, so they're wrestling in front of nobody anyway. So a lot of them they're used to it. Some of but them to, are. To us watching on TV, 
not used to this and knowing that this is the new normal for the foreseeable future, I do consider it a little bit of a disadvantage because again, you know, a lot of a lot of moves and a lot of crowd reaction determine how the match plays out, CJ. Again, we've gone to a few wrestling shows in our day. We've been to a, we've been to two final battles in the Hammerstein Ballroom. We've mm-hmm. been to WrestleMania. We, uh, we went right takeovers. We went to a pay per view in the Prudential Center. That crowd will determine how a match works quickly. Now. Maybe it is sort of an advantage. I consider it a disadvantage, but you can look at it the other way because, like you said earlier, there's nobody there to shit on anything. So, just ripped one. I don't know if that guy. It really comes down to. It really comes down to how you. Right. It really comes down to how you thought the match was instead of how everybody thought the match was. Uh, But to me, it's just the no crowd there while you're wrestling, giving it everything you've got. No pops for crazy moves. Like, again, we're going to see Edge Orton in a last man standing match. Somebody's taking a double concerto to end the match. And we're not going to get a pop for that? That's a little disappointing to me. I mean, no, we're not going to get pops for a lot of things. We're not going to get, essentially, for Drew and and Brock, you know? We're not going to get that big pop for Drew to win the title and the big pop for Edge to come back. Um, Well, I I texted you the other day that I think that because of the circumstances, I think Brock's going over Drew. I think they're going to wait for this now. You think they'll wait till SummerSlam? I think they will wait for a raucous crowd like Lamb to give Drew his moment. Not that Drew doesn't deserve it, and they'll have to find a way to make it work, and I know they will, to keep him relevant going into SummerSlam. So maybe, you know, Brock cheats to win, or maybe something we've never seen before. Brock gets himself disqualified because he can't beat Drew McIntyre. Um, I could see either of those playing out just to set up SummerSlam because I really believe that they want to give Drew his moment in front of the world because it's just not going to feel the same if he Claymore's Brock in front of nobody and wins the championship. Like, for example, when he Claymore'd Brock over that top rope in the Royal Rumble, 45,000 people lost their minds. I lost my mind at home. We lost our minds. We're like, oh my God, Brock's out. That's the main event of WrestleMania for the WWE Championship right there. And then that stare down for three minutes, also in between Drew eliminating Ricochet, and then going back to stare down at Brock Lesnar. You thought, incredible. You also thought that Brock might go into the ring and try and eliminate Drew. It's like, okay, that sets up their media match, and then Roman's going to win the, the Rumble. But they doubled down giving Drew the Rumble win, which, again, it is a shame because they are putting all... They're doubling down on Drew McIntyre, and they're like, all right, we're going with Drew. Drew's the guy. We're going to do this. And it just sucks that these circumstances happen with the fact that that Drew essentially won't get a crowd in his uh, eventual title win. Granted, if everything works out all the way to all the way to the end of August and SummerSlam, and if they can extend it till then, and give or take with what happens with the virus, um, but I mentioned this to you, and we'll get in, in it's something AEW did. And we'll get to AEW in a little bit. Um, that AEW had heels on one side of the crowd and baby faces on the other side to kind of give some reaction, and I do think you should get some people, some people, maybe not a whole lot in the area for some sort of reaction. I think you should because you have so many people in the performance center to do it. You have enough you have enough people in your company to do it. Again, if if it's just travel concerns, people concerned about their health, okay. But I think if there are people who are willing to do it, I think you should do it. One thing the one the one upside to all this with WWE is that they can guarantee that Roman Reigns won't get booed when he wins the Universal Championship. There will be no CM Punk chance. No, it won't be any CM Punk chance. Unless Punk decides to show up in the middle of the match at GTS and be like, ah, I don't work here, but hey, 
<laughs> I don't know. That'd be kicking in the nuts. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, though, too, is that it kind of has put the whole Mania card out of perspective as far as the long-term stories that they're trying to do. Um, we saw, I saw on Raw that Becky Lynch came in this customized truck to the Performance Center with her, with her on it. And apparently this truck was supposed to be the truck she was going to use at Mania to come down for her entrance. And it's pretty come cool. Come on. Yeah, that's what it was supposed to be. It was supposed to be the... Oh, I hate the world. You hate the world because we're not going to see it? It would have been a kick-ass entrance. It would have been. And it would have been an access too. Uh, but apparently that's... Oh, and not to... And not to, to rain... And, and not to... to not to bring the mood down more, but now we're not going to get Kyrie Singh coming out of that damn pirate ship at the stadium now. Uh, hopefully, maybe WrestleMania 38, they can come back to Tampa, and then hopefully by that time, Kyrie Singh will have been felt like a bigger deal, and then they could use her for that pirate Mania ship. Mania 38 will probably be in Vegas. That's my guess. Vegas? Right. Well, yeah, the stadium will be done by then. They have it out in L.A. next year. It'll be in Vegas the year after. All right. Well... I was I was kind of more on the side of I don't think they should do anything with Kyrie Singh with that pirate ship because it wouldn't have mattered because she hasn't felt like oh. important at all in the past several months. That's just my personal opinion. I think you should use her for that entrance one when she's a single star and two if she's going after the championship. I think you should in, in eventual WrestleMania if they ever when they ever when they come back to Tampa Bay because eventually they will. Gonna we'll to, come back because they're going to have to make this up somehow. Because because Tampa Bay did bid on WrestleMania and they lost out on on a quite yeah. A, that's the thing too. They they don't choose cities. Cities choose them. They bid for them and then they decide where they want to go. Yes, exactly. And they pay a lot of money to host those WrestleManias. So Tampa is losing a lot, obviously. But yeah, but again, but, given the circumstances, they don't have a choice. But I do agree but, they'll be back in the near future. But eventually, WWE will owe them a WrestleMania, and eventually they will be back. We just don't know when that. Because that's because Vince loves Florida. They'll go back. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. I think they should do something with Kyrie Sane eventually. Like, I can see a callback to Kyrie Sane versus Shayna Baszler. Shayna Baszler could be the Raw Women's Champion, I don't say for a few years, but she can grab the championship once again. And then you have that big, big field fight match Baszler versus Kyrie Sane. Kyrie Sane being the babyface coming out of the of the pirate ship and then beating Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship. That's one scenario you can do. I just think if you're going to have that for Kyrie Sane for the big pirate ship entrance, you she should feel like a big deal because right now she doesn't. Good point. Yeah. But um, I don't think there's anything else we're missing from the side of WWE. If we haven't missed uh, it. going back to, to just quickly wrap up the Brock Drew uh, thing real quick. Okay, I, to, good me, point. I, to me, I like Brock to go over in a couple of weeks just so we can get that moment for Drew in Boston in the TD Garden. Because again, the Claymore and one, two, three in front of nobody, it just seems odd. But if you do that in front of a raucous SummerSlam crowd in Boston, they will blow the roof off the place when he becomes the world champion. Essentially, or, they're, they're going to have to make SummerSlam feel like WrestleMania come Boston. Absolutely. And, and that and that was my second point, CJ. I was just about to bring up. They are going to make SummerSlam feel bigger than it's ever been before because of this. Like SummerSlam is going to be this year's WrestleMania. I mean, obviously, I know they're doing WrestleMania in a couple of weeks. It just it doesn't feel right. It doesn't feel like no. the real WrestleMania. They are going to make SummerSlam feel historic. So how do you do that? You do the Brock versus Drew rematch to end the show. Drew finally becomes the world champion. And they will blow. And as long as they do this right in the next couple of months, and again, I think it has a lot to do with 
the finish to the Mania match, whether Brock wins by or whether Drew wins by disqualification or Brock cheats to win because he know he, he knows he cannot beat Drew clean. They have to find a way to make this relevant to August so the so the pop is equal to the one that he would have got at WrestleMania. Yeah, they have to do something, and I'm sure they'll do the best they can given the circumstances. I do hope Drew wins. It's just you do have the thing is it's all about the storytelling and the build, so you don't keep the fans pissed off and like be like, are and and kind of send them away during a time like this when really they'll be tuning in more because of what's going on. And it's not just because of that your product is better; it's because of what's going on in the world that's affecting it. But you do have to make find a way to still make feel Drew important. If they do decide to do this, if they do decide to have Brock retain the title for now and save the big win for Drew at SummerSlam, because I would love that. But at the same time, we all know how wrestling fans we could be like, "Oh Jesus Christ, they buried Over Drew!" You know all I, that. Like we're very quick to be like, "Go ahead." Put it this way, you remember last year with Seth, we were over him by SummerSlam, and they gave him the title back. Mm -hmm. So that is how quick wrestling fans can be. And we were all in on Seth going into Mania. We, we, and, and again, he didn't get as big of a pop as Kofi. And that's another example. Imagine this being the year before when they put all this work oh into the Kofi-Daniel Bryan storyline just for them to do it at the Performance Center in front of nobody. It wouldn't have felt the same as it did. I, I honestly again, think that would be more of a shame than Drew in the performance yes. center winning. But but that's my point. Like, do you really want to do it now? And again, we were in the crowd last year when Kofi won the championship. And if MetLife had a roof on it, it would have came off in a second. I never, and I've been there for football games. I've been there for a lot of things. I never heard the stadium that loud. Ever. It, it just erupted. If there was a roof on that stadium, it yep. would have exploded. It came right off. Absolutely. So that's my point. I don't, and the same thing with Raymond James. If, if if Mania was still going on as scheduled and this wasn't a thing and Drew wins the championship in the main event, they would have blew the roof off the place if it had one. It would have been the same thing. So if I go back a year ago and I'm like, I wouldn't want Kofi to win in front of nobody. I don't want Drew to win in front of nobody. I want them to save it. Maybe they should save and it. And a guy like Drew, they can save it, especially if they do it right. Like if Again, if Brock doesn't win clean, they're setting up SummerSlam. Hopefully that's the way it goes. Hopefully, I mean, we, we you and I are very uh, optimistic about it because it would be a shame if, if Drew wins it and then no one's there. That's why they should either postpone it to the win till SummerSlam, or just have some some people in there to make the, the win kind of feel like a big deal. I don't know. Get, a, just, get an NXT crowd in there. Something. Do something at least. I mean, again, you you can't. It, it's all safety precautions at this point. At the end of the day. We do this podcast, CJ. We talk about pro wrestling. We're happy pro wrestling is here, but pro wrestling comes second to everything else. Pro wrestling is second. Everybody's health and safety is first. That's very true. So, so that that's that is our new normal for a while. So it's gonna suck in two weeks when they do mania in front of nobody. But at least they're doing something. They could easily shut down all production and we'd have nothing. Yeah, they decided to continue. You know, which I applaud them for. It might not have been my favorite decision. But after a few shows and seeing what they've actually put together, it's actually a little comforting knowing that we have something to turn to. Yeah. And at the end of the could day... could bring people back to pro wrestling, knowing yeah. it's, number one, it's the only thing on TV. Yeah. At the end of a time like this, we do need to try and look at the positives and just enjoy that it's still here. Like what we said and, earlier, and, that a lot of these sports organizations have been shutting down for the, unseeable, for the foreseeable future. 
and and not to necessarily use this as an example, but people have been bringing this up for for the reason I'm going to get to in a minute. When 9-11 happened when we were younger, they shut down sports for 10 days. Baseball was the first to come back. Do you remember that Mets-Braves game, the first... uh, or actually, wrestling was the first to come back. Technically, they were back two days later. Yes. But then baseball came back eight days later. They were the first, I guess, pro sport to come back since the 9-11 attacks. What I'm trying to get to here is sports is a way for us to kind of forget what's going on in the real world. Anything that's going bad, you know, your job sucks, you know, it, it, God forbid somebody's sick in your family or whatever. Sports is a way to turn away from all that and just be in the moment for a couple of hours with whatever you're watching, whether it's baseball or it's football or it's a world series or it's a pro wrestling event. This is a little different because besides pro wrestling, they've taken away everything from us. No baseball, no football, no Mm -hmm. basketball, no hockey, none of it, no soccer pro wrestling is all that's left. So people are going to see pro wrestling is the only thing on TV. People are going to tune in. This might be one of the best things ever happened to pro wrestling. Yeah, that's true. But we will see how things turn out. We'll see how things move on. And just we're happy that it's still here. And I'm glad that it's still here. I guess we've covered just about everything with the WWE. So we'll wrap up with uh, NXT here. Sean, I know you saw more of what happened on NXT last night. I really didn't see anything. We'll talk about NXT and then tra- and then transition into AEW. So kind of give a rough esti- uh, well summary of what happened last night with NXT. To give, a, to give an estimate of what happened uh, for those who did not watch, uh, it was more of a studio show last night. Tom Phillips and Triple H were the hosts. Um, and what they really did, and which I thought they did very well, especially with, uh, with Rhea Ripley and Charlotte Flair. And I didn't see all of it because I was flipping between the two. But what really caught my attention was they really dived it, or they dove into Gargano Champa the finale. Because obviously, whenever that match takes place, it'll be for the last time in NXT. Uh, and Ripley and Charlotte Flair. They did a lot of promoting the future stories, and I believe that they did Balor and Walter for NXT TakeOver UK at the end of April. Whether that's still going to happen, we're unsure. Mm -hmm. But I thought they did a fantastic job telling both stories start to finish, specifically Gargano Ciampa, because, Christ, we feel like this has been going on forever with Gargano Ciampa, but they always find a way, CJ, to get us back into it and they did a great job of it last night because you and i were a little eh what more could they do after gargano turned heel on champa in portland well what more could they do Mm -hmm. the way they explained the story last night was and i didn't see the whole thing but when i turned it on originally so i assume they started from the beginning went through the rivalry whatever champa is the champion in nxt gets hurt i turned it on because i was flipping through dynamite in nxt um i turned it on when he was facing Adam Cole in Brooklyn in that first match, that two out of three falls match where Gargano won the title. Uh, They go through the whole match, the highlights, the Undisputed Era comes out, whatever, crowd turns on on Cole, Gargano's the favorite, right? And Gargano wins the championship, his wife comes out, yada, 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 and Ciampa comes out at the end, and they were, and they also went back and forth to interviews between Champa and Gargano. And what Gargano said, and he finally explained what he did, why he did it, was when he looked up at that entrance ramp and saw Champa, he saw his best friend, and everything was just buried. And Champa came back and said, when Gargano won the title, everything was just in the past. Everything was forgiven, um, and we never looked back. So I went and and rehabbed. I came back in October. Uh, they reformed DIY. Now it was my turn to go for the championship. Um, 
They get to Portland or whatever, and Gargano said he came out at the end to support Champa. Gave him the championship, and he said as soon as Champa looked up, and that was when Gargano grabbed the championship back, he said, I saw the same look I saw in Chicago, and that's why I did what I did. He said, Champa's a snake. He can't be trusted. I'm the good guy here. The fans are just too stupid to see it, which I was just like, damn, Johnny. Like He's playing the delusional it, was, heel. Yes, playing the delusional heel who eventually like is like, you know what? I'm glad I did what I did. But yes, for now, playing the delusional heel, the fans can't see it. It's like Jericho HBK in 2008 where Jericho had that heel turn. And he's like, you guys are just, just too stupid to see what I see. Mm-hmm. Um, while Champa is the baby face and he's kind of like, um, in my big takeover title match in Johnny's, and he was referring to Johnny's match against Andrade in Philadelphia, he said, I let Johnny have his moment, and he lost. He never even gave me a shot. And at that moment, CJ, I was like, oh, can we please have this match tomorrow? And I know that they're probably waiting. I'm not sure when they're going to do the match. Um, and, and just to tie back real quick, too, I saw the highlights of their fight in the Performance Center. They tore that shit apart. I couldn't believe what they did in there. Throwing From the weight room to the to the trainer's room. Champa threw a medicine ball at a at a at a at a mirror, broke the whole thing in half. Shattered they threw the each other thing. through doors. Like it was incredible. Um so I don't know when they're gonna have the match, but put it this way, CJ, I'm sure that they're they have you probably find it online. I know Hulu has the episodes the next day, I think. Um, so you probably be like able to two or three days later. Right, you'll probably be able to find the episode online and, and see what I'm talking about, but watch their whole promo package. Because another good thing that they did here, CJ, was in between promo packages, they went to commercial. So it wasn't a wrestling show, it was more of a studio show. So like they would be talking about one thing, then they go to commercial, and then they continue. Hmm. So that was another unique thing about NXT last night. So when I was done watching that, I was like, oh, my God, I'm ready for this. I don't know what they're going to do. I don't know if it's going to be a hell in a cell, loser leaves NXT match sort of thing. But I am more into the finale of Gargano Champa than I've ever been before. Well, from everything that you're telling me, and I should, I'm going to try and watch some of that later today or maybe tomorrow, I'm very intrigued by it too. Only thing is, is that... That feels like the most important match in the entire show. It'll probably close a takeover show. We don't know when takeover is going to happen, by the way. Like, it, there's there's rumors and speculation that it might take place on the Wednesday before Mania weekend. It, it might. We're not sure yet. But I was texting with you a while ago after Portland, and I speculated that it would be a triple threat between Cole, Champa, and Gargano. Now it seems like Dream is going to be ta- facing Adam Cole for the NXT Championship, but that match does not feel nearly as important as Gargano and Champa. Because they're giving Champa Gargano the main event of whatever show that's going to be on. Yeah, plain and, and simple. And this, I'm sure, this was the the finish we were supposed to see. This was the finish we were supposed to see last year. Only the roles reversed. Champa was the heel. Gargano was the babyface, and it was supposed to be Gargano defeating Tommaso Champa in the end of this four long year storyline build to Johnny finally winning the championship. Now the roles are reversed. People love Champa, and Gargano has turned heel, and he's become delusional. So. You don't even have the championship this time. Now it's just personal. Now it's just, let's see. And also, when you go back in their history, if you count the Cruiserweight Classic, which they do, mm -hmm. it's tied at two. 
So this is the winner-take-all match. Yes, because Gargano beat Champa twice. Champa has beaten Gargano twice. So this is the tiebreaker. This, this is the, the tiebreaker this match. Is, this is the rubber match. So this will be the this will have to be the loser leaves NXT match. However, they decide to do it. I honestly I don't think that's gonna happen because I don't see Gargano and Champa ever leaving NXT. At least Champa said he'll straight up retire if they have him go to Raw or SmackDown. He's like, nope, I'd rather stay here. He's like, I'll be a producer, I'll be uh, a trainer. I will not go to Raw or SmackDown. So when it comes to his neck injuries, by the way, that producer comment, he might not be totally far off. Yeah. Forbid, but you never know. But that's how much Champa loves NXT and how much he doesn't like he's willing to pick up, take a pay cut because if you go to the main roster, you're going to make more money. But that's how much he's willing to take a pay cut for how much he just loves wrestling in the ring. And I respect Tommaso Ciampa for that. And I feel like Johnny Gargano has to be on the same boat. Because if Gargano ever went to the main roster, I obviously see him going before Ciampa does. Because Ciampa said, I don't want to go. I'm not going. You That's can't. why I think that if they have it, it's the perfect way to put, to put Ciampa over. Because he'll win the match, obviously. Um, I mean, Whatever you- match they decide to do, and, and, I, and I said it to you years ago, and there were rumors of it after Portland, that they're going to put these two inside Hell in a Cell. I've wanted it for two years now. You've been saying for a lot since the start of this podcast, you've been wanting it to be Hell in a Cell. I've been saying this rivalry ends in the cell. And I firmly believe that. And there were reports of it after Portland. I think that's the match they're going to have. I just think now they're holding off. I don't think they'll do it the Wednesday before Mania. I think this match will be in a takeover. Whether it's it's takeover SummerSlam weekend if they if they want to, but again the, the thing is how long can they hold off with it? That's the thing. How long are they going to hold off on this? And I think WWE's about to get very creative. I yeah, will say that the that's the thing. The report is that is apparently it's going to be the takeover. That NXT takeover is going to be taking place in uh, the Wednesday before WrestleMania. Um, I don't know what they'll do, but to me that's the one match I care about. And then the women's ladder match looks pretty interesting. I don't know what what the tag situation is going to be. I fig, I think it's probably going to be uh, Dunn and Riddle, the Broserweights, against Gibson and Drake, the Grizzly Young Vets, and Fish and O'Reilly, the Undisputed Era, in a triple threat tag match. And I've been saying for for weeks that I think it should be Dunn and Riddle in a singles match for that takeover, but. I've been really liking their tag team stuff, and they're really like funny, like odd couple, uh, buddy comedy movie stuff has been really, really funny. Especially with all the stuff, all the 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 weed puns. Pete Dunne's been saying, "Listen here, I'll be blunt," and then Matt Riddle's like, "Blunt? Where? Where? Where's the blunt?" Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, but I figure that they're gonna. I, I feel like one of them has to turn on the other after they eventually lose the tag titles. And I want to say it would be Matt Riddle who does it. Because he's the one who turns heel? I feel like it would be Matt Riddle because we've already seen Pete Dunne as a heel. We've already seen it. And he's essentially the same person that he was as a heel as he is as a babyface now. Because eventually he just, he was so good as his his character and he was so good in the ring and worked as a heel that eventually people just just appreciated what he did. And he's just a natural babyface now. Um... Matt Riddle, we haven't really gotten to see as a heel. We did get some glimpses of it a year ago when he faced Velveteen Dream for the North American title. I thought he could have turned heel right there in the match, but he I thought didn't. he was going to. I thought he, he, was sh- going he to. showed la- he showed phases of it, which is why I think it would probably be a really good idea if Matt Riddle is the one to turn on Pete Dunne. Like they, like Pete could take the pinfall victory. 
to take the pinfall for losing the championships, whether it be to the Grizzle Young Vets or to Undisputed Era. And then Matt Riddle can just be, just lose his mind. And I also I think Matt Riddle is kind of the person people expect the least to turn heel. Everyone kind of expects Pete Dunne to turn heel because you can kind of see as much as he like, he teams well with him and they get, they're getting along now. He did. He didn't seem bothered with Matt Riddle, which is why. So I think- people for- people forget that match they had in Toronto already between Dream and um, and Riddle, where Riddle showed the phases of turning heel. People have forgotten about that already. Yeah, people forgot about it. But I think Matt Riddle as a heel would be really really good. Plus, I also Agreed. I also thought Matt Riddle was starting to get a little stale, but with him and Pete Dunne working together, worked really well because I think that's a match you have to do for a future takeover: Riddle versus Dunne. Um, and it just—it's just a shame that the um, that the NXT Championship doesn't feel match doesn't feel important. I love Adam Cole. I love Adam Cole. I am such a huge fan of Adam Cole, and I love Velveteen Dream. But it's just the thing is, this doesn't feel important. This this title match. That could second. It's the second takeover before Mania in three years that the NXT Championship takes a backseat. Yeah, I I would say that they can. Definitely make it work, and definitely make me change my opinion, and make me get excited for this match. Um, but I just don't see Dream taking the title from Cole if that is the direction that they're going with. I also don't think there's enough time for them to do it. I mean, it's two and a half weeks away at this point. I don't think there's enough time if they, if they're going to do that takeover the Wednesday before Mania. I don't think there's enough time to get us hyped for this match. The match will be good. Don't get me wrong, but with everything that Cole and Gargano have done at this point, it just that's the match that everybody's looking forward to. Whatever Wait, match they Champa? decide to do. You said Cole. Yeah, Champion Gargano, yeah. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think it's safe to say, because Cole's like the longest reigning NXT champion now, right? It's not, him. he's close. I think it's I pretty, pretty if, if not, he hasn't already, it's pretty soon. It's very close, because yeah, they said yesterday Balor was like 293 or something like that. I did hear that. Yeah, I mean, Cole's coming up on a year pretty soon. Yeah, maybe he is. Maybe he did pass. Um, but would, real quick question before we get into AEW. Greatest NXT champion of all time. Is it Champ or is it Cole? I think, well, I'm looking at this right now. Cole's is the longest at 292 plus. So Cole is the longest. So I think in regards to a historic, it's Cole. Because, again, he's got the longest and he's been great with the Mm-hmm. Hold on, Sean. On my end, you sounded like a dying. Sean, Sean, I'm going to cut you off here, pal. Can you hear me? Sean, Sean, did you hear me? Oh, boy. Oh boy. We're sorry, folks. Technical difficulties on our end. <laughs> Sean, buddy, can you hear me? Sean. Well, it seems we lost Sean. I think he's uh, sound like a dying battery here. Oh, okay, there you are. There you are. Okay, listen, Sean, you sounded like a dying video game. Whatever you just said did not go through. <laughs> okay, well, I basically. Long story short, what I basically said, I said with Cole, I think it's in a historic. Chance because Cole's had the longer reign. I think it's him, but I think Champa did a lot more with the title, so I'll go with Champa. Okay, I'll I'll play the dark, be the dark horse, and I'll say Cole. 
Okay. Okay. So let's finish up the podcast with AEW. Um, the opening promo, Cody Rhodes is in the ring. Sean, again, I will let you take this part because this is the part I actually kind of missed. Kind of. So he he was kind of saying like pretty much the elite needs to be the elite again, right? Was half that 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 was the second half of the promo. The first half was Cody obviously addressing the the issues going on in this country, um, addressing the fact that there are no fans or whatever. We're gonna do our best to entertain you um, during this time. And then yes, he he said I want to call out. Three members of the elite right now, number one being Matt Jackson. Um, he basically said your your actions towards at Adam Page last week were uncalled for. Uh, we need to be on the same page. And he also said, Adam Page, you lost to Jericho. I thought you were going to be the first world champ. You're not. You lost to Jericho. So did I. You need to get over it. And to Kenny Omega, basically, it was the same thing. Like, I need, you know, we've never really seen eye to eye, but we're still friends. Um, I need the real Kenny Omega back. I need the best bout machine. Otherwise, we don't have a chance in blood and guts. Um, Matt Jackson and Kenny came out. They said, we agree. Adam Page came out with whiskey in his hand. Um, and they were like, are you with us, Adam? And he toasted to them. He said, I'm with you. And he left. Um, and then Kenny's like, guys, I know this is an, an interesting time. There are no fans in the building. But turn the lights on. Hit the pyro and let's give the people at home something that they deserve. And then pyro sounds a lot different when there's no one in the crowd. So, wow. like NXT, they did their very best last night. And CJ, in I'll lead this to you. I thought it was one of their best dynamites yet. I thought it was great too. Real quickly though, I just have to say, uh, going back to the for a second, it has been confirmed that night one of WrestleMania will be Kevin Owens versus Seth Rollins, AJ Styles versus The Undertaker, Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair for the NXT Women's Championship, Brock Lesnar versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE title. Night two will consist of Edge and Randy Orton versus in a last man standing match, Cena versus The Fiend, Becky Lynch versus Shayna Baszler for the Raw Women's Championship, and Bill Goldberg versus Roman Reigns for the Universal title. I really wish we knew about Matches that earlier. Each. But it's yeah, there's like four matches there for each night. But all right. All right, then. Interesting. Here we go, then. So, Vince anyway, got what he wanted. I guess so. Anyway, so, yeah, I thought Dynamite last night was really, really well done. I literally turned on the TV uh, right when, because I was in the middle of, actually, I was actually watching uh, Captain America Winter Soldier, and then I'm, I saw it was like 8, 10, where I'm like, oh, shit, Dynamite's on. And I in the middle of it, I see MJF uh, talking at Tony Schiavone, and him and Sean Spears were betting on the matches. Um, and I texted you. I'm like, is, is MJF Sean Spears' partner? And you're like, I don't know. But I don't think he is. I don't think Spears and MJF were, are the team now. I think it was just because that's been the thing that's been going on social media for the past, well, for the past few weeks to try to find a partner for Sean Spears. I assume to try and find a new prospect and get them over and kind of give them a bit of a push. But um, the uh, opening match between the best friends and the Lucha Bros so, so damn good. I love that the Lucha Bros are finally getting back in the tag team division. They're finally getting back up there because they were kind of a bit of a slump for a little while. Um, obviously, we saw a lot of changes last night, like you said, in Dynamite. We had um, we had no actual fans. The talent were the fans, with one side consisting of heels, the other side consisting of baby faces. Um very unique by them. I, I like that, and that is something I mentioned earlier. I think WWE should follow and do something like that for WrestleMania if they're really going to pull forward with the PC. Um, 
Uh, we had Brandy Rhodes doing uh, announcing instead of Justin Roberts. Tony Khan had said, and it was reported, that if any fan, I mean any fan, any wrestler, talent, whatever, feels uncomfortable traveling in this, uh, in this time, uh, that they can stay home if they'd like, and their push or their position, their jobs would not be uh, in jeopardy. I think we see saw that last night that Justin Roberts took uh, took the, took him up on that offer, uh, Marco Stunt, and also uh, Pack because none none of them were seen last night on Dynamite, uh, and and it's a shame because you know Death Triangle has just kind of been form, formed. Um, I loved that um, Taz was on commentary last night. I love Taz as a commentator. I think he's just so, so underrated. And I think he should be there instead of Tony Schiavone. That's just my personal opinion. I like Taz better than Tony Schiavone. I don't know about you, but I like Taz better. To me, it doesn't matter. I I like them both. I mean, I think I'm just more used to Taz, obviously, because we didn't grow up in the WCW days. We grew up more as WWE guys. So we're more used to Taz than Tony Schiavone. They're Mm. both fine in my book. I prefer Taz, though. Yeah, I prefer Taz. But Taz and Excalibur actually do really well on AEW Dark, which I assume that's probably not going to happen. It, it might not happen. It might. Who knows? Anyway, so I love this tag match between the Lucha Bros and the Best Friends, but I think the highlight of the match might have been just Orange Cassidy coming on commentary, just kicking back with his feet up and saying nothing. Like, I think Cassidy's asleep. Oh, <laughs> well, no, he's awake. Orange, He's like Orange Cassidy, a gimmick that should not work, works. works. He is yep. just so damn over. I, I talked about with when uh, Ed and Joe were on this podcast about the state of wrestling. I think we, I think we may have touched upon Orange Cassidy, or just a spot on the card. Like um, Joe said, this he said, you don't necessarily have to have the championship. You just need to be over, and Orange Cassidy is over. Um. Like Orange Cassidy is way more over than a lot of other talent in the WWE right now, um, so that was really good. I love the tag match. Uh, I thought it was really funny that Sean Spears and uh, MJF were betting on. Uh, on also, the, we're gonna bet on 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 on, on, on the matches. Um, I know that. We now know that Lance Archer is the client of Jake the Snake Roberts, with Jake the Snake cutting an, an exceptional promo once again last night. But two big things to talk Tart about. 20 years. Jake the Snake is still one of the best promo guys, and he's proving it. Um, but we finally got the reveal of the exalted one. It's Brody Lee. Okay, Luke Harper, for those who don't know. Yes. I would say, I said this about a week ago, that... I think Brody Lee should be the leader of the Dark Order and Broken Matt Hardy should be his own thing because the Dark Order will just be too much of Matt Hardy and people will care about Matt Hardy rather than the Dark Order itself. And with Brody Lee as the leader, they can thrive as a whole rather than just Broken Matt because Broken Matt would just, it would just be all about about him. him. It would just be all about him. Why not just have him on his own? What do you think? How do you feel about this, Sean? What do you think about Brody Lee being the leader of the Dark Order? You know, I like it, obviously. CJ, I think I lost you again, but uh, but I like it. Um, oh. Like you just said, I think um, I think Matt Hardy should be his own thing, and they and they proved that at the end of the night with the Elite, uh, with him joining the Blood and Guts match, whenever that's going to be. And I agree. I think with Matt Hardy on his own, 
it might not have it, with Matt Hardy in the the Dark Order. Excuse me, I don't think it would have been more about the group, but more about Matt. So I think with Brody as the leader, it makes a lot more sense. And with Matt just being on his own, whatever he's going to do, I think they played it right last night. I think so too. Um, that that ending match though with the Inner Circle and and uh, the Elite that was I mean props to Sammy Guevara. <laughs> All the, him, him getting MJF and Sean Spears to sing Judas. I think I saw something from Ross Twiddell from Cultaholic today that uh, it, he said last night Sammy Guevara proved that there should be a wrestling show where wrestlers get drunk and sing and sing other wrestlers' theme songs, a karaoke yes. show. <laughs> Absolutely, but the match itself that went just about as as you would expect. Inner yeah. Circle got advantage for the match, um, and then they reveal Matt Hardy as the the fifth. Tag team is the fifth member of the elite, at least for that night. I've been saying it should um, be Matt. I've been saying that. I thought it was either going to be Matt or John Moxley. Um, obviously, with John uh, not medically cleared, uh, aka not traveling, mm-hmm. uh, Hardy was the next best get. Um, does make the match a little interesting now because a ri- first thought going into the match, CJ, Adam Page was turning heel. Now I'm true. not so sure. Now yeah. I'm not so sure. They could really, I think, maybe that was the original plan to turn Hangman heel. But he's gotten so over as a babyface that maybe they just don't have anybody in the elite turn heel. You know what it is, too? They have they have shown that there are so... Normally when they do this type of angle where there are so much build-up animosity and problems inside a group, normally when push comes to shove in the match, it is all forgiven. And they all move on. Mm-hmm. So this could be a, a situation where Adam Page realizes that he wants to be in the elite. He loves his best friends. They go out and win the match, and everything is forgiven, and they're all back on the same page. Or he could turn heel, and that could still be the plan. We're not sure. But the way they've been teasing it over the last couple of weeks with the with the the tension between Matt Jackson and Adam Page, um, can Kenny Omega trust Adam Page as his tag team partner? The ending of the Revolution tag team match, right before Page was about to leave, he stopped and stayed on the apron. You thought he was going to do the buckshot lariat on Kenny. Kenny turns around and he holds the rope open for him. You figured they were teasing the heel turn. Now I really don't know what they're teasing. So it is interesting going into the match what they're going to decide to do. Is Page going to turn heel? Is he not? here's a dark horse thought. I don't know if this is going to happen. Is Matt Hardy going to turn heel in the match? You know, you never know what this type of match is going to be like. And now that we're unsure about Adam Page, I don't know what's going to happen in this match. I don't know either. And that's the great thing about AEW and NXT too, you can lump into it, is that a lot of the times we're not exactly sure what's going to happen. And that's what makes pro wrestling so great is the unknown. So for so long, wrestling has felt way too predictable, and we felt like, oh, this is gonna happen, and this guy's gonna win, and this guy's gonna retain. We think that for so long, but that's what I love about the un- about wrestling is that it's the unknown of we don't know what's gonna happen, we don't know what to expect, and that's when I really feel like a fan is when stuff like that is going on. Um, also, big props is to Chris Jericho of his promo at the end of the segment after the match saying how he is banning all fans from <laughs> AEW live events until he says so. I'm like, oh, Jericho, we're to make the best of a bad situation. He literally is just trying to lighten the mood, I and he's lo- doing a great job at I it. I loved it. I loved it so much. And um, I, I, I knew in the middle of Jericho talking that when I heard the buzzer, 
no, no. I'm like, I knew it's Vanguard too. One. There's Vanguard yeah. One. There's I. I was marking out for a friggin' droid. At first, I heard the noise, and I'm like, "What the hell is that?" It, it, it took me a minute to think about it, but even before I saw it, I was like, "Uh oh!" I knew it had. To, and I knew it all of a sudden, one. it just comes right in the frame, and then Matt starts talking, going, "Oh, what do we have here, Chris?" I was like, "Oh my god, it's him!" We're not down by. F- f- that's where you're wrong, Chris. It's not just four of us. I made a call to an old friend. Owed me a favor. Yes, who owed him a favor. And there that he is. The thing. And that was the thing, too. He goes, we may have the disadvantage, but we are not outnumbered. They, it's going to be five on five. And there he is at the top of the ramp, arms open. I'm like, broken Matt Hardy! Oh, God, I lost my mind. Can't wait to see them push him to the moon. I really cannot wait to see what they do with broken Matt. The question is, um, do they get other people involved with the broken universe because are they going to have senior Benjamin is Rebby Hardy going to get involved King Maxwell, you know, all the characters that they have, obviously you can't have brother Nero slash Itchweed. You can't have him in there because Jeff Hardy's still with the WWE, but I also you... believe he resigned for another year. Did, did they really? I think he resigned recently. So you're probably not going to get Jeff in AEW for at least a year. All right. That's that's if, if he even wants to go to AEW. If he wants to. He could easily just say, I want to retire in WWE and I'm going to stay here. I mean, the amount of things Jeff already has been through, he should just he should retire. But, if, hey, if he thinks he can still go, that's more they power put, to him. More power it'd to be him. nice to see him and, and Broken Matt in AEW. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think Jeff's going to stay put. Because I, I, I still want to see the Bucks and the Hardys like, have matches on a big big stage because they had matches on the indies and they had matches um in ring of honor but i i do want to see the the broken hardies against the young bucks and i think it could happen i think whether or not it's true if if jeffrey signed or not i think it should still happen the question is four in a ladder match in the garden they have the possibility of that now if jeff were to go there that's so great I would love that so much. My two favorite tag teams of all time having a match. That's why I was so mad that I couldn't go to that Ring of Honor show when they showed up. I'm so pissed at myself. Anyway, <laughs> another time to, dr- to drown in my own self-pity. Um, exactly. But um, the great thing about this is that AEW does allow you to have some creative control what you're doing with your character and what you say in your promos. And we all know Matt Hardy is a brilliant, brilliant guy. And the sky is the limit for him with what he wants to do with his character. I mean, question is, after this, who does Matt Hardy feud with? It's interesting. I think it's somebody in the inner circle. We have to see how the blood and guts match plays out. Um, And as far as your, do we have anybody else in the broken universe? Not right away. I think they're going to build the Matt character first. Everybody else will follow, mm-hmm. whether it is Rebby or Senor Benjamin. Uh, I do think they eventually show up. I don't think it's right away. Um, but yeah, I really I can't answer that until I see how Blood and Guts plays out. It could be Jake Hager. It could be Sammy Guevara. Um, Matt could find a partner and, and fight Santana and Ortiz. We don't know. We have to see how the match plays out first. I think it's still too... It's too new to figure out who Matt is going to feud with first. Hell, if he turns heel, it could be any one of the Young Bucks. could be Cody. We don't know. We don't know what Matt's character is going to be after this match. Right now, it's just he's in the match with the with the Elite. 
Whatever happens after it happens, but we got to see how the match plays out first. First of all, we got to find out when the match takes place because I don't think it's a guarantee it's happening next week. No, because I, AEW is very unsure of when they're going to have blood and guts, and it just kept saying all the uh, next, the following episode. It didn't say next, next week. Dynamite. It just says the next dynamite because the next dynamite, Wardlow and Luchasaurus are apparently supposed to be having a uh, uh, lumberjack okay. match. Um, I can see Matt Hardy going a few different directions. As far as people he feuds with in the inner circle, I could see him feuding with Sammy Guevara. Um, you know, having a young guy like Sammy work with Matt Hardy, you know, learn some things here and there. Because I think the best thing for Sammy Guevara is for him to work with guys who have been doing this for a long, long time and for guys who can really learn. Because Sammy Guevara is only in his, his early to mid-20s. He's worked with Dustin Rhodes. He's worked with Cody. He's worked with... Um, I don't think he's worked with Kenny yet. Um, I'm sure he's learning a lot from Chris Jericho as being in a faction with him. Eventually, I think we'll see a Chris Jericho-Sammy Guevara match whenever the inner circle disbands, if they ever disband. Um, Randy Orton, we heard after the first Dynamite episode that he shows great interest in wanting to work with Sammy Guevara one day. That is if Sammy Guevara ever goes to WWE, because I don't ever see Randy Orton go to AEW at this point, because he signed a five-year deal. Five year deal. only uses AEW for leverage for money. Yeah, that's about it. He really worked us. It would have been great seeing him there, though. It would have been great. But anyway, I see Matt Hardy and Sammy Guevara. I I, I could see Matt Hardy and Matt Jackson teaming up for a bit while Nick uh, wants to stay home because because who knows? Yes, Nick Nick's wife uh, probably just gave birth to their new child, and with everything going on with the coronavirus, maybe Nick doesn't feel comfortable traveling for the foreseeable future. So maybe that's what you do with Matt Hardy for a while, teaming with Matt Jackson against Santana and Ortiz. Or you could have Matt Hardy feud with Brody Lee against the Dark Order. You could have Matt Hardy, uh, I'm trying to think here, you, you could have him turn heel and maybe work work uh, work uh, against Kenny Omega. You could have Matt Hardy work against MJF, you know, because it appears Cody's going to be working with working against Lance Archer for, for his next uh, for his next feud. There's a lot of different ways you could go. Uh, Darby Allen is another one. John Moxley. There's a lot of possibilities for Matt Hardy and a lot of great potential matches for Matt Hardy to have. But if I was to say what his first feud would be, oh, and even Chris Jericho. His feud could still be with Chris Jericho, given what they want to do with Moxley. But I would probably say they want to do Moxley and Jericho first. So if I was putting money on anything, I would say Matt Hardy feuds with Sammy Guevara. Yeah. Now, let me ask you this, and I know we got to wrap up in a few minutes. Sure. Um, a year goes by, maybe two. Is Matt Hardy the AEW world champion? I don't see why not. I mean, I still think as much as you don't want to have so many ex-WWE guys having this championship, because, you know, the two guys who have won it are ex-WWE guys. But also you... guys that have been wronged by the company. Very true. Well, I wouldn't say Jericho is necessarily wrong. Jericho, in the end, was wronged. If you remember his, his interview, how him and Owens were supposed to main event Mania, and then they were second on the card and whatever, yeah. and he realized at that point he couldn't go any further. Um, yeah. At that point, yes. I mean, Jericho had a great Hall of Fame career in WWE, but they did wrong him at times. Moxley especially wronged. Wasn't even on the Mania card last year. Uh, Hardy wronged. At yes, points, especially um, with broken with the broken slash right. Broken so these, I don't, I don't consider right. I don't consider these guys mainly ex WWE guys. I mean, I do, but I more look at them as guys that have the potential to be world champion, but were buried under the system. Very true. That's what I see these guys as. Very true. Um, 
in a year, two years' time, yes, I can absolutely see Matt Hardy being the AEW champion. But maybe Matt Hardy doesn't want to be the AEW champion. Maybe we can see him in a feud to help put over someone who is the AEW champion in a younger position. Like, let's say... Let's say Darby Allen's the AEW champion, and they do a feud between Matt Hardy and Darby Allen, and they want to help make Darby Allen a bigger star than he already is. I would hope by the time Darby Allen is the AEW champion that he already feels like a big deal, and I think that's something they want to do too. I feel like they're still building a lot of these younger guys like Sammy Guevara and MJF and Darby Allen, uh, a lot of these younger guys, Jungle Boy. Uh, so they can eventually be on the level of a Matt Hardy, a Chris Jericho, John Moxley, Cody Rhodes, Kenny Omega, Hangman Page, and the Young Bucks. Even though the Young Bucks are a tag team, they're huge, huge stars. So absolutely, I would think that, yeah, Matt Hardy can be AEW champion, and maybe he uses it just to help put over someone younger to get the AEW championship. All right, well, CJ, before we wrap up, any final thoughts, anything we can expect in the next couple of weeks? Maybe sooner or later we'll get out of our houses. What do you think? Um, I hope we get out of our houses. I hope this whole virus outbreak uh, gets better before it gets worse. Um, Again, I hope everybody stays safe. As far as wrestling, um, I don't know what to expect, to be honest. Um, I can expect the segments to improve as far as the WWE side of things. Uh, I think AEW has been doing a great job staying strong, and this Dynamite was a great job considering the circumstances. Um, For me, I think the next few weeks are going to be very interesting. Uh, Definitely pay attention. And um, I really don't know, to be honest. What about you, Sean, before we wrap up? What do you think? It's interesting. It's interesting. And like you said, hopefully everyone stays safe, everyone stays healthy, and hopefully we can kick this thing really soon because. Summer's coming up. We don't want this impacting summer. So no. hopefully this thing is, it gets better. I mean, I personally think it'll get a little worse before it gets better, but hopefully all of that happens quickly and we can get rid of this in the next couple of months, hopefully. But uh, as regards to wrestling, um, this could be a benefit for a lot of people that have to practice promos. Yes. That they get to do it in front of empty arenas, even though they'll be on live TV. This could benefit people. Um I also think you're going to see a lot of creativeness out of the WWE. We touched on that before. Um, A lot of storylines are going to have to drag to the summer. How are they going to be able to do it? How are they going to keep fans entertained? I think we're going to see a lot of that over the next couple of weeks and a couple of months. Um, As far as AEW, who knows when we're going to see another Dynamite. I hope it's next week. I can't confirm or guarantee that it is. Um it sucks that we were supposed to go next week and we were supposed to see this match unfold. And now that's not happening. Um, who knows? We, even if we're going to be able to go to the July 22nd show that they rescheduled for Nork, um, if that's even going to be a thing at that point. But I do think that everybody's staying positive, which is the right mindset to do. You don't need to be negative in this time. Um, and pro wrestling, you know, WWE and AEW specifically, um, they, best to keep going and contrary to popular belief they're doing it safely they are doing it the right way and that's really all that they can do at this point right now cj life is day by day uh not in survival or anything but when it comes to but when it comes to what's tomorrow you focus where you currently are and then you get to tomorrow the next day day by day yeah go ahead day by day Right, and, that that's where everybody is right now, and that's the way it's going to be for the foreseeable future. It sucks, to, but that's our world. And to quote Jeff Goldblum, life finds a way. We'll be all right. Okay. Just don't panic. 
Exactly. So for Sean McChesney. CJ Palmasano. We'll see you guys next time. Maybe for me, but we'll see you next time. <laughs> All right.